the turning point, a point break, an aha moment, that final moment in time where the status quo has become unsustainable and we know we must finally make a change. We've all experienced that kind of experience in our lives at one point or another. And when it comes to the turning point in our health, it can be as tame as looking into the mirror at that bit of growing belly fat and changing one's diet to a bit of blood work that leads to changing your activity level. But in some cases, something a little bit more serious can happen. And today we'll be talking with one of our listeners who just recently experienced one heck of a turning point. This is Who Cares About Men's Health, where we aim to give you a little inspiration, motivation, and perhaps a different interpretation of your health. I'm producer Mitch, and bringing the BS as always is Scott Singpiel. Man, I can't. I love these turning point stories because I think we all can learn from them. So I, I, I look forward to hearing what Rob's is. I know. And it's been a while since we've done one of these. So it's kind of exciting. And uh, the bringing the MD to our trio is Dr. Troy Matson. How are you today, Troy? Doing well, Mitch. And joining us today is my friend and listener, Rob. Hey there, Rob. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm really good, Mitch. Thank you very much. Now, Rob, uh, before we get into your turning point, I want to get a little bit about you kind of before that. Um, may we ask how old you are? Yeah, I am 51. Great. And what do you do for work? Um, I uh, am a marketing director, actually. I manage an in-house uh, agency, creative agency for the company I work for. been doing that actually for decades, um, but a new company starting about two and a half years ago. On a day-to-day, -day, like, is your work really stressful? Do you end up sitting around a lot and just trying to figure out, like, you know, how how is your health in relationship to your work? Yeah, um, I have always had pretty high stress jobs, high stress positions. Um, you know, I've found myself usually working like a 40 hour work week is, is not a thing for me. It's like <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. I mean, you know, we're, I, I've always worked, you know, 50 plus hours a week. Um, I don't work as long hours or days as I used to, you know, maybe, you know, 10, 15 years ago, but it's still, you know, a 50, 55 hour uh, week. And here on Who Cares, we have a thing called the core four. It's kind of like the four things that if you really have kind of tuned in, you'll have a healthy life. And so I just want to check in because you're you're like a handsome fit guy. You look really good for your age. Well, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. But I'm just trying to because it's, it's an audio medium. I'm trying to draw totally. a picture here, right? Okay. So how would you say your activity is day to day? So before or after? <laughs> before. Let's talk yeah. before. Yeah. So, I mean, even though, you know, again, I, I work a lot, I enjoy what I do, by the way, um, but I still find time um, before, I mean, in the evenings uh, to go to the gym, uh, to run. Um, years ago, I, I meditated and I practiced yoga and, and honestly stopped that about seven years ago, um, but still tried to stay active. I enjoy hiking um, during you know the winter here in Utah. Uh, one of the reasons I moved here from Florida seven years ago was for the skiing. So um, I've always been active. I mean, from my late teens, early 20s um, through where I am today. I, um, yeah, very active. Try to do something outside active about five, six days a week. Wow. <laughs> That's more than I do. Um, yeah. And uh, how about your nutrition? What's your diet like? Is it pretty healthy? Are you eating burgers every day? Yeah, again, I mean, that's something um, I think pretty healthy. Um, I will say that it's healthier now. Um, but <laughs> sure. yeah, I mean, there were a you know, few years where I was a, a vegetarian for maybe three to four years. Um, and that was maybe in terms of nutrition, the healthiest that I've ever been. But yeah, I, I you know, still would go out to eat maybe, you know, a couple times a week, but I tried um, to eat 
at home more often and, you know, as many fresh fruits, vegetables as possible. Um, was it perfect? You know, absolutely not. Um, but I thought that my diet was pretty decent as well. <laughs> How about sleep? Get get usual pretty good eight hours. Um, sleep is almost one thing that I, I protect um, somewhat, okay. you know, rapid, cool. ra- rapidly. I mean, I um, I think for my sake, but also for other people's sake, <laughs> if I don't get you know seven and a half hours of sleep uh, a night, I can go lighter from time to time. But um, you know, I, I get a little bit nasty, a little bit testy, and um, I've even had you know partners in the past and even family members. Um, who have expressed um, beyond envy to even jealousy at how well I sleep. Um, you know, I'm seven and a half to eight hours a night and I sleep soundly also. Um, yeah, I know. I know. It's gross. I'm jealous. <laughs> See, Rob, Rob, you're scaring me because I know where this, this is going. Our listeners don't know yet where this is going, but you sound like a guy who is, has traditionally been in good shape, very active, eats yep. well, sleeps well. Yeah, you have stress, but everyone has stress with their jobs. And, exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm getting nervous just hearing this. That's yeah. right. Uh, right. <laughs> like you're like on edge. Well, I mean, oh. cholesterol was, was not, I don't know about a concern, um, but you know, my cholesterol has always sat around 200. Even I remember the first time I had my cholesterol screened when I was in my, I think it was 19, maybe 20. And it was like 212 or something um, when I was young. And it's always been right around that 200 to 220 level. Um, the exception being when I was vegetarian, it was in the you know high 180s. Um, but it's never been exceptionally low. Um, and that's a little bit of a family history. That's just kind of the one thing, huh, Rob, that you, you know, otherwise healthy, but that cholesterol has been a struggle. The cholesterol has been a scr- struggle. And honestly, the past year, um, my primary care doctor and I, um, we actually meet, I do a pretty, you know, intense, um, you know, annual physical, but we still meet on a regular basis throughout the year. And we were working on that and it was probably, you know, closer to maybe 230 or so. And I might've gotten around the, the 210s um, just by a little bit more focus on diet and exercise. But still, unless I was vegetarian at all, getting it below 200, it was just, had not been possible for me. Was that frustrating for you? I mean, you were doing all these things right and that cholesterol is high. Yeah. Like that. I mean, like, yeah. And I mean, I even joked, I don't even know if like, you know, rice crackers are, are still a thing right now, but I'm like, I'm not going to you know, fall into just eating rice crackers, you know, because um, so I did things. feel right. <laughs> yeah. Because I did feel like I was taking care of myself with diet and exercise. And, you know, at the time, I, um, I just really did not want to go on a, um, a statin. So I guess what's really frustrating is knowing what's about to happen when we talk about it is like you seem like such a healthy person. Like there like there it is seriously like when I hear you talk about a healthy relationship with my doctor and I'm very protective of my sleep. Like there's legit jealousy where I'm just like, why can I not have that? I'm working towards it. It's just like. Man, I can't. How about Troy, Scott, anything like I know you guys both know what's about to happen, but like anything, any like feedback that you're getting from hearing his story curious about your bmi i so i'm you know another previous doctor you know had commented at one point this was years ago just how consistent i am you know stepping on a scale i am almost always between 174 178 um mm-hmm. six foot one um okay. so you know relatively lean um yeah. and again physically I, I guess i look like i'm in good shape um but but i will tell you smoking um nicotine cigarettes um you know, probably the past 10 years or so, I, I, I picked that up again after stopping when I was in my late 20s. Um, I wasn't a heavy smoker, um, yeah. you know, about no more than two packs a week. Um, and even during the past 10 years, there were moments where I quit for, you know, two months to even close to a year. Um, okay. But I would start again. Current, current smoker. I am, I am not now. 
Okay. <laughs> yeah. and, and again, we'll talk about this turning yeah. point, but, uh, but at the time you were a current smoker yes. at that time. Yes. So it sounds like your biggest, biggest concerns in terms of health were current smoker at that time. And then also it sounds like the, yeah, the cholesterol had been a little bit of a struggle. It sounds like the LDL right. ran on the high side. You're able to get it down a bit on a vegetarian diet, but Correct. typically was running high. Do you feel like you're getting diagnosed? Cause you exact, that's exactly what Troy's been doing right now. <laughs> I'm like, who, who do I direct my copay to? Right. This is all, like I said, this is hitting so close to home as I'm hearing your experience and just hearing like, wow, you're super healthy. You've struggled with cholesterol. Like these are things we've talked about it on the podcast before. Like I have struggled with cholesterol and, you know, and I'm, I'm not nearly as good as you on the sleep piece of it. That worries me because yeah, you, you were right on it. You're getting sleep consistently and doing well with that and staying very active. So, you know, and, and you're 51 years old. You're not, you're not old. Right. But that smoking, man, how, how did you, like, you probably knew it wasn't good for you. Like, oh. right. You're doing all the right things otherwise. So like, Ab- why, why, why did you do that? Absolutely. Um, I think for me, it was, <laughs> um, yeah, I moved, I mentioned moving here. I think I did from Florida. Um, and I actually moved here for um, a PhD program um, in communication at the University of Utah. And a few years before that, I, I had decided to go back to school for a master's in communication when I lived in Florida. And um, I basically picked it up again um, after starting school. Wow. Yeah. I just got out of my master's program. Okay. Um, thank goodness I didn't pick up smoking, but I can definitely understand how one could. No, for sure. I, I definitely picked it back up when I was in my master's program. Yeah. And for me, it was a bit of a, I don't know, it's, it's, it's a strange thing to say now, but a reward. You know, I would, mm. you know, finish some homework or as a you know, graduate student teaching assistant, I finished some grading or I, you know, just wrote five pages of research or something like that. And it was just a nice, like, let me step outside and enjoy a cigarette. Scott, did you have a cigarette equivalent during your master's program? <laughs> Juicy fruit gum. I chewed it. <laughs> Juicy like fruit it was, gum. I chewed it. It was like my job. I would put a piece of juicy fruit in my mouth and it would, it, five minutes later, there was another piece following it up. Like, yeah. it's just <laughs> packs and packs and packs. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I think we all have that to one degree or another, you know, if we're in a stressful situation, whether, yeah, if ever it's a like a sugary snack or a soda or, cigarette or, or whatever we find that becomes the rewarding thing that maybe it's not the best thing for our health, but a lot of times it's just coping and getting by. So, so Rob, yes. what happened? <laughs> our audience has just been waiting for this. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's yeah. Next? I stubbed my toe. And yeah, I, I stubbed my toe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, five weeks ago, um, I out of nowhere had a heart attack. Um, never saw it coming. I mean, I have no personal history of uh, cardiac disease and, you know, it's just like have been searching in my head and have conversations with family and there's, there's no history of cardiac disease on either my mom's or my dad's side of the family either. So it was um, shocking and surprising to me um, as well as to my family and friends. What kind of symptoms did you have when you had the heart attack? Yeah, so it was um, Saturday right around noon, and it came on suddenly. Um, I was out running a few errands that morning. Um, I picked up dry cleaning, and I was on my way home thinking about, am I going to go to the gym? Because I was actually already dressed for the gym, or maybe grab lunch first. But brought my dry cleaning in, and um, there was really, again, no warning. Um, but I felt, I only can describe as what felt like heartburn. Um, which I, I don't usually get or really ever get, to be honest. Um, but it was also very intense. And then I would say within, I mean, this all happened within minutes, but with the next minute brought, I had pressure on, in my chest 
And then the telltale sign for me was, um, and it's hard to describe, um, but my, my teeth hurt or maybe more, I don't know, accurately, oh. my, my gums hurt. Um, like, and it was, I don't know why I did this at the time, but I even went to my bathroom at home and I grabbed one of those floss picks. <laughs> Oh, so wow. like maybe I just I don't know just there's something in between I don't know. Um, you started then, flossing while you were having a heart attack. I mean I didn't know what I was. I, I know, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Okay. <laughs> and then it's the first um, time I've heard that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was just trying to ease that that pain. Um, and then I have like kind of through my jaw down my both sides of my throat, my neck, and then shoulders, arms, and back, and. It, again, this is all within five minutes. Um, and I Googled on my phone um, symptoms of a heart attack. And it was the jaw pain. Um, like everything else that I just described, I was feeling also, but it was specifically the jaw pain. And when I saw that in particular, that's what kind of confirmed for me that that's what was happening. Um, even though at the time I still, I say confirmed now, but I still didn't want to believe it at the time. Did you go to the ER at that point or call an ambulance? Um, I did. So um, I guess answering that directly, um, <laughs> I don't want to lie to you guys or your viewers. I did not call an ambulance, but I did get to the ER. I actually drove myself, oh my God. which, right, in hindsight, um, not smart. But again, at the time, I, even though I, you know, kind of checked off all the boxes I was seeing when I did that, you know, internet search on what was going on, I still didn't want to believe it. So, you know, I live 10 minutes maybe from the ER and I just thought, well, you know, get in your car, drive. By the time you get there, you're going to feel fine. And, <laughs> you know, you save the ambulance for someone else who actually needs it. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> And um, when I got there, I did not feel fine. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I can totally relate to that, Rob, because it's like, I think I would, I could check all the boxes too. And I'd be like, well, I don't want to be a bother. So, yeah. I'm, you know, that's not, so like, it's so weird how us guys are like that. Yes. Yeah. That's I just, true. I would yeah. do the same thing, but trust me. Bad no idea. Matter, no matter what you call the ambulance for, there's someone who has called it for something more minor. So don't feel like you need to reserve it for those who, quote unquote, really need it. How long did you have to sit in the waiting room, Rob, or do they get you right in? <laughs> um, I haven't. Fortunately, in my life, I haven't visited the emergency room often, but I've always waited, you know, a few minutes at least when I do. This time there was no wait. <laughs> they were taking you seriously, huh? Yeah, yeah. And I even like, it's so funny because even walking in, even though I knew... I, I still was couching my words. Like, I think I might be having, I don't know. I'm feeling, I haven't never felt this way. You know, it was hard for me even at the time to, to say it out loud and to acknowledge that I at least think I'm having a heart attack. I was the exact same way when I had my stroke scare a couple of years ago. I walk in, my face is completely paralyzed and I'm like, oh yeah. So I think maybe I'm having a stroke. I don't know. And again, it wasn't, but there was something very like, why am I minimizing this? Like my face isn't moving, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the good news is triage nurses are well-trained and they, I think they, they have a good, a lot of experience on both ends of the spectrum, both with people who probably catastrophize things a little bit. And then others like yourself who just really downplay it, but they kind of know how to pick out the information they need. And it sounds like they were on it and got you right yeah. back. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I'm, I guess I'm curious what happened next. Did they take you? Did you have what's called a STEMI, an ST elevation myocardial infarction? Where, <laughs> oh, yeah, sure. Where, no big. <laughs> well, you, you, you probably knew it if you did, because if you did, 
they would have had you up in the cardiac catheterization lab no, within that, about 10 to 15 minutes. No, I, um, I was you know, again admitted, I think very quickly into the ER. Um, I was on a you know table or bed and hooked up to, you know, monitors. And I remember, I don't know, remember the specifics, but I do remember my blood pressure being in the one nineties over like one twenty range. And that I, that's never, um, you know, been that way, but, um, yeah, they just were asking me how I was doing. I was by that point, honestly, I was, I hate to be sound dramatic, but I was like writhing in pain. Um, like it hurt um, and not just my chest, but my, my body. And I just remember not being able to really sit still. And, you know, they were talking to me about the importance of it, you know, trying to take deep breaths and trying to calm myself down. But, um, no, and I, it did within a couple of hours, the, the pain started to subside and I started to feel a little better. And I, I really, to this day, I don't know why they did give me four baby aspirins. I remember that. And I, I, I can't help thinking, cause I don't remember getting any other, um, treatment until later that evening that that must have, um, helped. Did they diagnose it based on the blood work? So, yeah, that was, you know, I've learned all kinds of things uh, since then, <laughs> yeah. but um, I think it's, is it, uh, I don't, it starts with a T, troponin, I think. Troponin. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's when I learned that, you know, your body, I guess, produces this enzyme, um, I think, to help pr- try to protect the heart. Um, and that's something that they can test for to see if you may be having a heart attack. And so they did that. And this was about an hour, maybe an hour and a half in the emergency room. And a doctor came in and said that there was there wasn't any in my blood. And I remember by that point, I'm like, then are you kidding? I was, I don't want to say I was disappointed, <laughs> but I was like, then what is going on? I've never felt this way. And they did explain to me that it can take, you know, three, maybe four hours before it shows mm-hmm. up um, in, in blood. So they would do another blood draw in a, you know, a couple hours. And at that point, um, and I don't, these numbers don't really mean anything to me. And I, I may not even be remembering correctly, but it was at least, it went from zero to above one. Um, and then the next okay. morning, um, uh, Sunday morning, and that is when they did um, the procedure um, and you know, did a catheter and inserted a stent in my heart. But the next morning, it was above nine. Wow. Yeah. That's so, legit. That's yeah. impressive. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> impressive. Huh? That's impressive. Yeah. So the blood test, just for reference, uh, a troponin level, like you said, it's it's a protein that's released into the blood from the heart when there's damage. but. Exactly like they told you, it can take six hours after a heart attack for that to turn positive. So for reference, less than 0.03 is normal. And then once it gets above 0.3, then we say you've had a heart attack. There's kind of that gray zone from 0.03 to 0.3. So yours was at one after Mm -hmm. a couple hours and you were at nine the next morning. That's, that's significant. Like I, you know, most heart attacks we see where we're just diagnosing it based on the blood work and there's nothing on the EKG that says you need to have a cardiac catheterization done right now. You know, most of those cases we're seeing the troponin levels go up to maybe 0.7 and then maybe it's 1.2, you know, something like that. So what you had definitely, you know, that's, that's a sign of pretty significant heart attack and pretty significant damage to release that much troponin into the blood. Yeah, well, hearing your story, you know, just from my perspective as an emergency physician, as someone who sees all the time with chest pain, I'll say, yeah, what you had, that was a, it was, it was no joke. There's no question. That was a legitimate, serious heart attack. And it's so fortunate you went in and didn't just write it off. And getting aspirin early on is a key. I think that's one take home. If you do experience symptoms of chest pain and any symptoms of a heart attack, the earlier you take aspirin, the better. That just prevents those platelets and 
things from clotting around that area where there is some blockage or some narrowing. And certainly getting into the ER was was the thing you needed to do. And you got the treatment you needed. You got on the blood thinner. You had the cardiac catheterization. So it sounds like everything went really well. And uh, so I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You and me both. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I you know I've you know, shared this with you know people that I have talked to, friends and family and um you know, I mean, nobody wants to have a heart attack, right? And certainly I didn't, never expected it, but it was kind of, um, yeah, right, right time, right place. Um, the right things happened. Um, you know, that I didn't explain it away, even though there was a minute or two that was like, eh, maybe I can, you know, it may, it's mm-hmm. not that. And, um, maybe driving to the ER myself wasn't the best decision, <laughs> but I at least got there. And I think everything else, um, again, just kind of fell into place. So Rob, what do you do now? What's next? What, how, how are you, what has changed? And like, uh, what are you going to be doing from here on out? Yeah, it's, um, you know, it's not to be over the top and dramatic, but you know, in a lot of ways, at least mentally and emotionally, like everything has changed. Oh. I mean, that, that's, that started for me. I mean, in the, in the hospital, um, you know, within an hour or so after the procedure or where I just, um, you know, I was still scared for sure, but I felt like I was in amazing care and I felt that I was, I was, I was lucky. Um, and so just, you know, my, my brother who lives in Pennsylvania was able to come and stay with me for a week and that was great. And we've joked about how, like, we're, we've always been very close. Um, you know, we always bond in different ways when we see each other, but it was a very strange bonding experience this time around. But, um, yeah, it's just thinking about like taking stock in life. Um, and being appreciative and, you know, my cholesterol, I mean, I'm on five new medications each day, um, right now, um, you know, blood pressure, um, platelet thinner, baby aspirin and, and cholesterol. And I just had labs done last week. Um, and my cholesterol was 220. Again, when I was admitted to the hospital, when I was having my heart attack, my cholesterol is now 130. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, again, I think the statin has a lot to do with that. However, um, I'm also in cardiac rehab. Um, I do rehab um, once a week where I'm on a treadmill um, hooked up to monitors and they check my blood oxygen, um, you know, my, my, my heart rate, um, blood pressure a couple times while I'm there and just my heart rhythm. And that I do mostly for, I mean, not just physical improvement, but also peace of mind. Um, I, I like that people who are much more knowledgeable about all of this than I am are actually like checking out my heart on a weekly basis, you know. But I've also, since my first cardiac rehab appointment, which was the week after I had my heart attack, um, you know, not to be too geeky, but, um, you know, I have an Apple Watch and I have closed all three rings, three rings of my Apple Watch every single day now for like 28 days. <laughs> you know? Nice. Good for I have you. never done that before. And again, I'm, I was an active, you know, pretty fit guy. Um, and I don't think that I'm, um, you know, you know, neurotic about it. There will come a day when I don't. And I'm, I'll be fine with that. But, you know, just not being like strenuous with my activity, but just being active. Um, um, I did run for the first time on a treadmill um, at cardiac rehab um, last week. And um, and it was the first time I I jogged. It was just, you know, two very, very easy, slow, um, smart quarter miles. But um, I got emotional um, when I was on the treadmill, you know. And so I'm trying to take care of myself. You know, I mentioned my cholesterol and again, I'm being active. Um, Yeah, I I joke with a couple of people who had recommended it before um, because I was like, air fryer. Why do I want to get an air fryer at home? I don't want to cook like that, right? <laughs> and I got an air fryer and I've been using that. And so, I mean, my, my diet's better. And again, the statin I know has helped, but I also was like, I'm being more active. I'm being smart. I'm eating better. I want some personal credit for that too, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And yeah. you deserve it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you've made significant changes and yeah. 
and very quickly. Uh, what yeah. about smoking? Um, I have not picked up a cigarette since the Saturday morning of my, my heart attack. Um, and I, you know, I, I've got some gum, um, I've got patches and I'm to the point now where, I mean, I'll go a couple days without the patch and I don't think about it. Um, same thing with the gum. Um, but you know, I've talked to close friends, um, my family, my primary doctor, um, quitting for me in the past has rarely been hard. Like I don't get cranky. I don't get irritable. I'm, I'm, it's easy for me to quit. What's not easy for me is to stay quit. If that makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm aware of there might come a time a month from now, a year from now where I'm out and I see somebody with a cigarette. And in the past I would go up and bum one, but I know that the next day I'll buy a pack. Right. And I don't, I, I won't put myself in that position again. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, nothing like a heart attack to really commit you, <laughs> commit me anyway to, to quitting smoking. Um, and I'm also working, um, on managing my stress level at, at work more. Um, I've just this week kind of returned more to full time. Um, and my, my boss, my team at work, my company, they've just been so amazingly encouraging and supportive and understanding. Um, even a little bit more like, Hey, I'm ready to come back full time. And, you know, my boss will say, Oh, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. And, but I'm, I'm right at full time and I'm still working remotely, which again is great to have that flexibility. Um, but just trying to be smarter about how I, you know, pr prepare for a day and even taking walks in the morning, which kind of helps to, to center me as I start my work day where, you know, before I would get up, drink coffee, have a couple cigarettes and then jump into a, you know, my car commute or whatever. And, so I'm starting my days with a lot less stress, which I'm finding gives me a lot less stress throughout the day. And I feel better at the end of the day too. Wow. So that's, that is, that is quite the turning point. Um, Troy, anything that you kind of take away from this? I mean, I personally, I just, I hear how healthy Rob it was and it just is like, man, if this can happen to, you know, to even some of the healthier of us, we got to, I know I, there's a few things that I need to change in my own to make sure that I don't increase my risk for anything like this. Yeah, no, it really is. And that's, like I said, as I was just hearing all this leading up to it and knowing where this was going, because I knew the title of our, our session today was Rob Had a Heart Attack. <laughs> <laughs> I was hearing all this. I thought, wow, this really hits close to home. Like, I, you know, the one thing, in, you know, I think we always look for something in our mind to say, well, we're OK, we're protected. You know, I, I, I feel fortunate. Um, that I don't smoke. And that's definitely a risk factor for heart disease. And we've talked about smoking and we've talked about your experience too, Mitch, with quitting and the changes you've made. And I know you're kind of some of your wake up calls and turning points as well. But, but yeah, it's, it's again, Rob, I think you're just fortunate that, like you said, right place at the right time and got the treatment you needed quickly and, and got the help you needed. And um, I think for all of us, we do hope though, that that's not our turning point that, it's hopefully prior to that, you know, hopefully for me, it was the cholesterol. And I think for others, we've had different experiences of, of things that have been a wake up call for us to say, Hey, I need to make changes now. So I'm not having that heart attack or, or getting to that point. But, you know, having that dramatic of an experience, you've made dramatic changes and, you know, it's a credit to you to now have made very significant changes and really be on a track now to prevent that in the future. I'm definitely working toward it. Yep. <laughs> and how about you, Scott? I think my big takeaway is uh, my grandma smoked and she lived to be 95, had no ill effect from it, smoked her whole life, right? 
And a lot of times we ask ourselves, you know, you'll hear somebody even say, oh, well, my grandma smoked or my dad smoked, you know, so I'm not worried about it. But you just don't know what's going on inside of you, right? Like maybe there's something happening inside that you're not going to be able to get away with that. So it just kind of makes me, you know, double down a little bit more on making sure that uh, I'm being consistent. And again, I think we get into this notion that society pushes that that means we have to, you know, go to the gym and be ripped and do, um, you know, do workouts like you see on TV for Fitbits and Nike, but it's not, it's just being active and maybe making a small little decision, um, like not having a couple cigarettes in this in the morning and instead of going for a walk, right. And just getting a little, little bit of activity, you know, you just replaced one thing with another, um, and how much of a difference is that going to make? So, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. but if you could talk to yourself 10 years ago as a man in his early forties or even late thirties, what would, what would you, what would you say? Like, I don't know that I've let myself think of that just yet. I've asked myself all kinds of questions, but I don't know about that yeah. one. And but you don't um, have to, yeah, no, right. I mean, you know, I do the word that has popped into my head and even some conversations that I've had with others is cavalier. Um, and I think it's easy when you're, you know, young or younger, whatever that means, because it's all relative. Um, but, to, you know, I can do this and I'll be fine. I can smoke. I'll be fine. I can eat this. I'll be fine. Um, and I, 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 you know, if I'm being honest, um, you know, over the past you know 10 years or so of smoking, um, there have been a time or two where I thought, you know, it's going to probably take something kind of severe um, for me to actually put these down. You know, and um, and it, well, that's exactly what happened. And you know, I, I do wish that I was a lot less cavalier, and um, you know, put it down for other other reasons. Um, you know, but you know, here I am, and at the same time, um, in so many ways, I I feel healthier now than I have ever in my life. <laughs> you wow. know, I mean, I just I feel I, again, even my workouts, there are a lot less. I have to go to the gym, and more I. I get to go to the gym or I get to go yeah. for a walk instead of, I have yeah. to go for a run. Um, yep. and you know, I, I phone conversations with my family or, you know, dinners with friends or whatever. It's just, it's all more, more meaningful. Um, so it's, it's really not so much, um, I hate to turn your question around, but not so much what I would have said to my previous self is more like just kind of being grateful for like my present future self, I guess. That's and, yeah. um, kind of where I am now and uh, not taking it for granted. Yeah, yeah, no, and and that's great, and I, you know, and and for me too, like I said, I think hearing this, I, I don't want this to be all about smoking because we can easily point to that and say, well, yeah, you were smoking, you had a heart attack, but you know, I'm thinking of myself. Let's say I'm in your shoes down the road. What would I say to myself today? And you're doing a whole lot of things, and we're doing a whole lot of things a lot better than I am. Like I said, sleep stress, those are big things I deal with. And so I wonder, you know, I think for all of us, just hearing your story, it's probably worth considering if we were in your shoes down the road, what would we think today we could change to prevent that? And again, whether it's stress reduction, whether it's diet, exercise, weight loss, managing our cholesterol, all sorts of things that that can prevent us from from being in the ER and being diagnosed with a heart attack and going through that procedure and, you know, or potentially something worse and not getting the care we need quickly enough and having things go much worse than your situation. Rob, one of the things that really resonated with me is, so I'm a fairly healthy guy, come from fairly healthy people. Um, however, you know, other people in my life, I, I noticed starting having health issues, right? And it's cliche when they say, you know, don't take your health for granted or your health is the only thing you have, but yet it is so true. 
And I think what I'm hearing from you is kind of how I processed it as well. Like I was not eating that well. I was not getting the activity I needed to do. I was doing, not doing a lot of things right. And I'm like, I've been blessed actually with good health. Why am I throwing it away? Now that's just the way I processed it. So that is one of the things that motivated me to start doing some, you know, doing some things that are a little bit more positive in my life. Would you say that's accurate for you or is it something a little different? I, I would. Absolutely. Um, thanks for helping me think through that <laughs> a little bit that way. I don't know that I, I, I would have been able to articulate that way, but I'm like, as you were saying that, of course, I'm like, I'm nodding. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, again, something about where I am in my life and, and maybe it is my age or maybe it is my, you know, overall like relative good health, despite what I, I've just gone through that, you know, my recovery has, has surprised me. Um, you know, I, 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 I didn't know what to expect, but that I feel as good as I, I do right now. Um, you know, I, I don't know if I've given like, you know, been given a second chance, but I, I feel like, you know, I mean, yes, <laughs> I have. And, um, and I, and I want to appreciate that. So to a very large extent, this, this was a wake up call, um, for me. Again, not glad that it happened, but, you know, not too sad about that, it, the way that it happened, I guess, and, and kind of what has helped me change, um, and think about differently in, in my life. Thank you so much for sharing that story with us. I think a lot of times men, we, you know, we talk a lot about not sharing our talking about health with one another um, as often as we maybe should, but we learn from one another and we can kind of get new understandings and new, you know, learn to be grateful for what we have by talking about, you know, what is scary and what we, how we've approached our health and, I really, really appreciate you joining us and sharing such an, not only an emotional experience that you've gone through, but also the perspective that you've learned from it. And I'm hoping that I know I have, I, you know, just hearing you talk about it, seeing you in the hospital, et cetera. I know it's made me double down on some stuff and hopefully some listeners will, you know, have a similar response. So thank you so much for joining us today, Rob. Yeah, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you guys. This has been great.